Yo, 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 and welcome to the seventh installment of the Game Over podcast. I seriously cannot believe it's been six episodes in the past, and this is now our seventh. Today we will be going over the new Nintendo Game & Watch in this week's in this past week in gaming. We will also be talking about the Banana Guard in this week's must-have, Dune House Atreides number one in comic review, and we will be going through in Untitled. My name is Haley. I am the overlord of the Game Over podcast, better known as the producer. Um, do y'all want to introduce yourselves? I'm Molly. I'm one of the main hosts on Game Over. I'm really happy to be here. Uh, I, I'm Drew. I'm a, I'm a technical assistant on the uh, normal show. Uh, yeah, I can't, this is exciting. And I'm Corey, the uh, script supervisor for the podcast and lore master for Game Over. Uh, and also, now that I'm here, uh, welcome back, everyone, to the Shrek cast. That's right. No. Uh, if anyone has seen one of our previous episodes, you know that when I'm on air, all I talk about is Shrek. Let's do this. Oh, I like this. I'm excited. <laughs> I don't think I'm ready. <laughs> I'm so excited. Uh, okay, well, if we're all that excited, let's get into This Past Week in Gaming. This Past Week in Gaming. So, have you guys ever heard of the Nintendo Game & Watch? I know I have not. I mean, my knowledge of it goes to, like, Mr. Game & Watch and Super Smash Bros. Like, yeah, that's I... what I know of Game & Watch, but I think it's, like, a really old system or something. I don't know. Yeah, that's that's the extent of my knowledge, too. I always lose. I mean, I usually lose when I play Smash, regardless of who I'm up against. But, you know, I always lose when it's Mr. Game & Watch, so, you know. Well, Yeah, no, same. Past- I've, all, all I know is Mr. Game & Watch. I'm, <laughs> I'm just as in the dark as everyone else. Well, this past week, Nintendo actually launched a new version of the Game & Watch. It's a device that tells the time, but also lets you play certain Super Mario Bros., including Super Mario Bros, Super Mario Bros 2, and Ball. So it's a legitimate game and watch? Like a watch you wear on your wrist because it tells time? Wait, I'm wait, not sure uh, if you wear it on your wrist. But no, no, I, I, I got that. So it's just like a modern device. Yeah. Yeah. But with fewer capabilities. <laughs> cool. Looks like. Kind of. Wow. <laughs> I mean, I thought it was really interesting that it was released within the same week as the PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X. Mm. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which like also every other both have video... Sorry, go ahead, Corey. No, just like every other company's doing next-gen and Nintendo's like, nah, let's make a watch. Yeah, yeah. yeah how like, much money they're getting from the Switch. Yeah, yeah, like Xbox Series X and PlayStation 5, those also have games and show the time, too, so... You know, I, I think they're all, like, on the same level because they do those two things. Some harsh competition, frankly. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess a lot of people would probably get this due to nostalgia, but, like, I guess because I have absolutely no nostalgia for it, I have no interest in it. Ooh, ooh, what's the, what's the price comparison? We, we, we know how expensive the uh, other two are. The, what, what's, what's the Game & Watch? How much is it? Do we know? I feel like the Game & Watch would be a lot less expensive. Just because it's like it should be the same price. It it's <laughs> tiny. It looks tiny in the picture. Yeah. Yeah, and considering all it does is play Super Mario Bros. Two and tell the time, uh, <laughs> I don't know if it's gonna be like you know, upwards of more than twenty dollars. I could be I, wrong though. I could I be think totally it's a, wrong. I think it's a solid next gen console on its own. Oh, okay. So I'm looking up now. Apparently, it's uh, fifty dollars in U.S., seventy in Canada. Fifty dollars. Mm, it's a good watch. Tiny. It's cheaper than the PS5, but only a little. Oh, Four hundred fifty dollars oh, cheaper. Oh, only than a little PS5. cheaper. <laughs> 
it has three built-in games for the wow i mean yeah usually games are 60 bucks so you get three games that were released 30 years ago hey, that's you know a what good deal. what more could you ask for <laughs> you know the if if each game is worth ten dollars and that's only like 20 bucks for the actual thing and then you know 10 for each game you know that checks out to me you know i was gonna put a nintendo switch on my uh, christmas list this year but a new a new console has uh, has taken that spot. The game and yeah, watch. Yeah, dude. I mean the twenty twenty game and watch. Easily. I mean, you gotta try your hand for the high score at ball. You know? <laughs> it's it's all the rage. I hear that all the kids are loving game, it. Ball. Yeah, ball. Love it. What is the game ball? Yeah, I, I yeah, I gotta look this up know. now. Is it like because Pong? That used to be on like the Atari or something? Apparently was... it is a virgin. Uh, it, it is a game where no, Mario no, no. juggles. I've never no. heard of it. I was thinking of uh, the Brick game that used to be on the BlackBerry phones. Oh, oh. yeah, no, Brick Breaker. Mm. Yeah, that, yeah. That, that's what I was thinking of when I saw it, but Sup- I guess is I'm this, wrong. Is this Super Mario Ball? Is that what I'm supposed to be looking at here? It just, it just says Oh, ball. no, Ball. I yeah, found it. Game & Watch Ball. Uh... Yeah, and oh, there's just a character in the center of the screen, and it's just tossing a ball between its wow. hands. Yeah, isn't that one of the things Mr. Game & Watch can do on That Dash? looks amazing. I remember that from Brawl, or Melee. I don't remember which one it was. I, 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 don't, I don't even have words for this. It just looks like the most fun game I will ever play. I mean, yeah, you got Assassin's Creed Valhalla, or you have Ball. <laughs> I you feel know, like there's those... a clear... There's yeah. a clear winner here. One of those <laughs> has some ball. really pointless side quests and some really, you know, uh, padded ga- uh, playtime, and the other's ball. So, <laughs> I don't know. You, you, you can decide, but uh, I've made my choice. I guess this could be, I don't know, correct me if I'm wrong, a good introductory console type thing for maybe a little kid who has tiny hands who could use all the buttons i don't know start him young i don't know yeah <laughs> I, I used to have that one that was like you plugged it straight into your tv your big the plug and play TV. yeah with like spongebob's yeah. nose was the joystick yeah and like, the SpongeBob i remember plug and that. Play. that that definitely got me into video games but i think nowadays people just have their phones and ipads and stuff and like you can play games on those like the know. only the only thing that matters for me for this game and watch console that came out now is if it's possible for me to plug in a GameCube controller to you. That's that's the only thing that matters. If I can use a GameCube controller on it, I'm I'm sold. I mean, it, it looks like it's way too small to even have a port for that. Yeah. But I'm sure you could mod it, right? Just drill a hole I mean, in the side. I, I I can't mod it, but someone could probably. Someone can. Someone probably will. Someone with that knowledge and ability will figure it out. Knowing I mean, Nintendo's fan base. I think it would be cool if they made like one of those dock stations for the Switch that looked like the Game & Watch. That might be cool. So like, it would be the little screen where you could put your yeah. Switch in there. But like, I guess that could also capitalize on people's nostalgia. But. I, I just, I'm curious to see how many of these they actually sell. Like... Yeah, like Especially fifty dollars in... for three games. I mean, and and you can't get any more Switch. games. You can't get any like there's no. Well, maybe maybe there is. I don't know. Is there updates? Like, will they I... add games to it? Oh, down Ball the line. has a story now. <laughs> Genshin Impact story for mode. the Game and Watch. On that note, if we're talking about how many consoles are selling. This past week, uh, the Xbox Series X slash X released on November 10th and is now Microsoft's largest ever UK launch. Did, was that expected, unexpected? What'd you guys think? Especially in the same week, as I mentioned before, in the with the PlayStation 5. Yeah, that shocks me, honestly, because, like, the Game & Watch just came out, you know? And you'd think <laughs> that that would just eat into everyone else's sales. Uh... <laughs> No, but I honestly like I have I I have not heard any buzz about the new Xbox consoles except that like it's next gen and the new Assassin's Creed is on it. I I have actually I saw something that um you can float a ping pong ball 
on top of the Xbox Series X when it's turned on. So on top of the that, exhaust? Yeah. So that that draws my attention. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I just maybe that's like a fake thing I saw, but like I don't know. It caught my attention, and you know that's what? what's drawn me to it. Yeah, if that's real, that's worth five hundred dollars on its own. I mean, technically, it's playing ball, right? <laughs> its own version. Yeah, you get ball free with your Xbox Series X. Yeah, no, yeah, it's the coolest Xbox Series X feature: ping pong, ping pong ball oh, floating. Oh wow! Yeah, here it is. <laughs> that's yeah. crazy. I mean, that I know, would right? definitely entertain me for hours. I don't know about you guys. Like, that makes it just, worth the purchase. Who cares about using a gaming console to play games? Let's just put a ping pong ball on it and watch it float. <laughs> like, I'm weighing the odds between the PS5 and the Xbox Series X, and it's just one of them you can float a ping pong ball on top of it while you're playing. And the so, other one, what? Has the new has Cyberpunk, the new God of War? Who cares? The new Spider-Man <laughs> game, ball. you know? It, it doesn't have the floating ping pong have ball. ball. <laughs> I guess that's why... On the within the first 24 hours of the launch, Microsoft sold around 155,000 of these consoles. Maybe that's also why the British were able to conquer America way back when. Oh, you know what? You know what? My bad. I, this this we're talking about in the UK. I should be calling it a table tennis ball. Sorry, sorry for the. Uh, <laughs> uh, so we'll a, forgive you this time. There. Make sure as, not to slip up again. Yeah. Um, As a yeah. part of the ping pong team at Ithaca College, I will have you know that everywhere they call it table tennis, and whenever we go to a competition, we always have to call it table tennis, which is such a weird switch for me. I don't know why it is, but that's how it is. But ping pong is f- more fun to say. I know. It feels less professional. Like, you know, it's all for the marketing. Me and my roommates sometimes play ping pong in our small apartment because I got this thing. It's like a portable net that you can put on any table. That's sick. I know. Sometimes I, know. I just sit alone in my room and say ping pong over and over. <laughs> it's just fun to say ping pong. Certainly more fun than table tennis. Yeah, table tennis is like a chore to say. Imagine you know, sitting so in your syllables. room. Sitting in your room and just saying table tennis over yeah, and over right? again. Yeah, right? I can't do it. It's not fun. It's That's why I don't close. play table tennis. Yeah. It's too close to, like, cleaning the table or something like that, or some sort of chore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? I don't get how it works. Does the table play tennis? Like, ping pong is self-explanatory. Table tennis, not so much. Doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Can't make heads or tails of it, frankly. Ping pong, you know, the ping, ping pong, yeah, you ping know. Pong, <laughs> ping pong, ping <laughs> pong, ping really, yeah. pong. What, what, it's not table tennis, table, no, no it just doesn't work like that. How did we get here? This is a riveting conversation, though. <laughs> I, I think I think our listeners are really going to enjoy this episode, guys. <laughs> We're really knocking it out of the park. Or should I say, out of the ping pong table. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, oh, so you're in the ping pong club, uh, so table tennis, what, whatever. Uh, this is completely sidetracked. But quick question. Is there, like, an out of bounds for where you can stand for ping pong? Like, can you go no. too far off the edge? No. You're supposed to, when you're playing, you're supposed to actually stand a step back from the table so you have more time to gauge where the ball is going to come and where you should move yourself and how to hit it back. Um, But if you watch some of the professionals, they'll be standing like a good, like, foot away from the table. Yeah. Yes. So, interesting. Well, I guess we'll move on now. Um, to our third and final story within this past week in gaming. Um, does anyone here play Stardew Valley? I know yeah, I tried, course. but I couldn't I couldn't figure out how to get out of the house. And then days just kept <laughs> passing. <laughs> I didn't know what was oh going on. Anyway, uh, update 1.5 is currently in the quote-unquote home stretch, according to the Stardew Valley creator Eric concerned ape barone i do not know why that is his nickname but that's what is listed i, I have no idea who he is but it fits <laughs> why yeah, why it does sense. it fit his first name is eric for starters <laughs> uh and his uh his last name is barone so what else do you put in between there besides concerned ape yeah clearly 
Eric is a very uh, is a very concerned kind of name. Uh, Barone, very like very strong. You know, it reminds me of like you know power. Um, so I I see it. I I get it. Yeah, yeah. It fits. <laughs> no, yeah, I haven't played Stardew Valley. I've uh, seen some. Th- everyone I know, everyone loves it. Um, yeah, it's really fun. I like it a lot. It's sort of like Animal Crossing, but you there aren't talking animals. Maybe there is, but like you ha- live next to this little town and you run a farm and you have to like there's like upkeep on this farm, and then <laughs> I'm not explaining this well, but like you have to take care of your farm, but also like unlocking relationships with other people in the town. So like there's eligible bachelors in the town of um, both genders that you can like court and marry, which is like basically what people like most about the game like you have to bring them presents at a certain time you have to talk to them every day like over and over again and then at some point you can marry them and like they can help you on your farm and stuff like that and like people always say it's like instead of what hogwarts house were you sorted into like who was your first pick to marry in stardew valley it says like a ton about you but how do you get out of the house is my question you walk down and to the door there's a door and I think Haley out. got simmed. I think uh, I think someone came in and removed the door. So I'm pretty sure you just wake up and there's like a little icon. There might be even a little mat, like a welcome mat, to show where the door is, and you just sort of walk out. But I couldn't find it. Did you look at the walkthrough I... of how to get out of house, Stardew Valley? That might have helped. No, I did not. I got a bit frustrated and just stopped playing. The game is like fifteen dollars. <laughs> I, I have never played, I've never heard of Stardew Valley, um, but I feel like getting out of the house is a pretty easy step. <laughs> I don't know. I Apparently, was not friend. for Haley, you know? She was just sitting there for like three hours, <laughs> just like knuckle-white grip on the controller, <laughs> like, where is the door? She, she's yeah. just like trying to speedrun the game and just can't get out of the first room. <laughs> That she gets sounds that, like me. She walks outside and she says, I beat it, and then there's more? <laughs> like one of those old escape games you gotta there's like a clue underneath the bed and it gives except you a there's only one thing you have to do yes. <laughs> and it's open a door and leave press a <laughs> i'd like to think i'm pretty good at escape rooms but that's debatable as well <laughs> anyway, i oh i i'm terrible at escape rooms because i'm just way too good at them because yeah. like like not to brag, but when I get into an escape room, I uh, I I'm, I like think five steps ahead, whereas the creators obviously made not this for like brag. normal That sounds like people. a big brag. That sounds like a pretty no, big not, not to in a brag, good way, but not in a I'm smart way. Major, and I'm too smart for no, all. No, I don't mean that in like an I'm smart kind of way. I mean that in in like uh like like there's a shelf of books, and then there's like uh a, like a code written on a piece of paper. And like, oh, I have to go to like this page and go down to this letter, and it's just like, no, you just have to type the code into the keypad. Like, it's it's not like smart oh, kind of thinking gotcha, ahead. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, It's just like, I'm, ex- you, you I'm, I'm expect it. exactly. I'm on like X Games mode, and everyone else is just having a nice little Saturday. So, <laughs> so we need I to find, too. we need to find the easy, like, like the most, like the easiest possible escape room. In in New York. And take you I there would, and see how long it takes you. No, I would never get out. I would never get out. <laughs> I have this just, really bad habit of, like, when you're in, like, a video game or something and you see a brick that doesn't look like it's the right color, so obviously yeah. there's a button. I do that thing in <laughs> escape rooms. So I'm like, oh, that book looks loose. And then I hit the book and I accidentally, like, skip seven steps and ruin the whole thing. Um, but I started doing this, like, one of those subscription boxes where you have to solve a murder. And, like, they say it's supposed to take you, like, 30-plus hours but my friend and I have done two episodes, and it's taken us, like, an hour and a half. And we don't know if we're doing it wrong or what. But, like, I don't know how we got onto this conversation. But, oh, wait, with the getting stuck in the room. But, like, if you just look <laughs> at the screen, you can sort of see. It's like if that brick is miscolored, there's that little mat. You just go out the door, and it's that easy. Wow. This conversation really came full circle. But I, I guess the update should be good if they add, um, I don't quite know what's coming with the new update. Um, I know there's like a whole cast of characters. They might be like unlocking more characters for you to date or. Um, Haley, maybe that could be the next game over Let's Play. 
You just see if you can get out of the room in Stardew Valley. <laughs> no, we I'm actually down. just we just we just place room. we place Haley in a room, uh, <laughs> and we just see <laughs> she see what she gets up to. We Honestly, tell her the door is do locked. It. We don't lock it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I probably still wouldn't be able to get out. Or maybe I would. I don't know. Let's try it. Stay tuned, listeners, for the next installment of Haley tries to get out of a room. Yeah, next time we're we're going to, we're, we're going to start the door cast. Next time, we're going to be talking about doors and windows, baby. Uh, anyway, if we can move on, I would love uh, to. Move I want on to now. revert for a second because okay. Molly had asked uh, what was coming, so just it said um, that it was that the update will be heavy on late game content, but there will also be new features slash options that you can choose for a new game that might make a fresh one worthwhile, and there will also be significant new piece of end game content. So I guess Molly, as you're our so fan only Dirty fan, what what? you get it? Endgame content. Ooh. Ha 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 ha! Thank you. That's Thank very you. funny. I'll be here all night. Um, that sounds good. I mean, I haven't played in a very long time, but I think co-op mode would make it fun because it it can get a little uh, sad just sort of working away on your farm all alone. But um, if I could play with friends, I might pick it up again. And Haley, I could help you get out of the room if you want. Yeah, Yeah, she can please. open the door from the outside. Yeah, <laughs> please. Please help me. Um, anyway, now we'll move on. All right, please. all right. Must have. Do you want to uh, introduce the must have? Yes, I know you've yes. been very, very patiently waiting. <laughs> oh, I've been waiting for this all episode. Uh, so for this week's must have, we have the banana guard. Now what the banana guard is, is a little plastic, uh, like, <laughs> tube that you keep bananas in. And here's the blurb. The banana guard was specifically designed to fit the vast majority of bananas. Its other features include multiple small perforations to facilitate ventilation, thereby preventing premature ripening, and a sturdy locking mechanism to p- keep the banana guard closed. I don't know who wrote that, but they definitely had a thesaurus like out next to them. Like, oh, I gotta, I gotta sell this, dude. It was, it was on this. the banana guard website. They really went off then. They really pulled out all the stops for this description. So so um, here's my big thing with the yeah. banana guard. Like, I'm looking at the image, and I see there's numerous colors. There's yellow, purple, right. red, green, blue. Why would you get one that's yellow? You know, bananas themselves are yellow. You can look at a yellow banana-shaped thing just by opening it whenever you want. I feel like you got to go for a special color. You know? I agree. I wholeheartedly agree. And, you know, so, like, if you're not wearing your glasses on a particular day, and let's say oh, you have one of the yeah. bananas, you have one of the bananas inside the yellow banana guard, and it's sitting with other bananas, you grab it, you try to take a bite. Oh, no, now you have plastic in your mouth. But it's Like, that would be awful. <laughs> but, like, I just don't understand the purpose, because I feel like it's just making a banana peel that doesn't biodegrade. It's just a piece of plastic. It's reusable. It's reusable. Why does it need to biodegrade? You could reuse a peel if you really wanted to. What? what? But it biodegrades, so, so you can't. It rots. You can't reuse it. It's do gone. You use, do you reuse your banana peels? I want you to be honest with me, Polly. I, uh, I mean, I could if I wanted to, because it's a banana how, peel. How? How are you going to re- What are you going to, like, treat it like leather? Are you going to, like... Because on its own, like, it's going to rot. Explain the science. Well, I mean, okay. So if I had a banana and I peeled it and I didn't... I took, like, the whole banana out of the peel. And then instead of putting it in my banana guard, I would just put it back in the peel until I wanted to finish the banana. And I Okay, like, well... But what happened to no, the peel but this... on the other banana? But no, no, I get what she's saying. She's she's saying that like she's talking about just the inner part of the banana that you eat. I mean, some people eat the peel, but she's talking about like the inner part. Molly, this banana guard, it's not for the inner part. It's for the whole banana. But why are you protecting the peel? So it doesn't get bruised. So it doesn't rot. Here, let me run this by you. This is a little hypothetical. Let's say you're you're going you're late for work, right? Yeah. And you're rushing around your house, and all you have to eat is a banana. 
uh, you don't want to just stuff it into your backpack because then it'll get crushed and you'll get banana juice everywhere. So what do you banana do? You juice? put it in a banana guard and then it's protected so that it could, you know, you can rummage around. It can, like, you could drop it on uh, the floor and it's it'll be fine. It won't bruise. It won't break. You could probably run over it with your car, you know? Well, I it's wouldn't like... go that far. It is still plastic. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, um, can you try that? I want you to try that now. Just okay, run so, over the banana and the banana guard. See what uh, happens. If if I get a banana guard, which I plan to, even though I'm allergic to bananas, so there's really no point in me getting a banana guard <laughs> other than to run it over with my car, which I take that back. There definitely is a point That's for me to get a banana a guard. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'll do it. I'll do it. Yeah, and I'll, I'll film it. Don't worry. I just um, don't understand how much is this does anybody know how much the banana guard is i don't Haley, but i'm looking it up it. now how much is it i will put it into google i just feel like it's a waste of plastic wait banana guard 16 i will type in banana guard and the first thing is 16. there's 16 there different... how many times does it take to perfect a plastic oh wait no banana guard six like banana. banana guard 16 is from uh from adventure time never mind <laughs> All right, the Banana Guard <laughs> official website, uh, bananaguard.com, if you listeners are interested. Uh, it's only nine, it's 15 bucks? It's $15. <laughs> that's, as, that's like, no, you could oh. Like, oh, and it's dishwasher safe, too. I need to be so. getting oh. extra protection for my bananas if it's going to be $15. Do they have, like, an extra large banana guard so that I could put my banana in a banana guard in another banana guard just to be extra certain sure? I don't is know. That That's a good question. We should do some research, guys. The thing is, there's a lot of like discount banana guards too. Like I'm on Amazon. There's a lot of like oh, no, no, discount no, 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 no. ones. No, that... we gotta get the highest quality. I know, obviously. Yeah. yeah. But I'm My seeing bananas like, deserve the best. I'm also seeing like a lot of different prices. I'm seeing 15. I'm seeing 10. I'm seeing 13. Um, oh, yo, yo, the colors, the color names: mellow yellow, brilliant blue, passionate purple. Wow. I'd have to get I'd have to get a passionate purple. That's just me though. I maybe it's what, not just me. What's what's the red one? You missed red. Oh green. It didn't it, green green is sublime green. Sublime green. Sublime green. Backslashes on this website. I really don't know what's going on. I'm just on Amazon. Oh. Well, the Wait, banana card website is really freaking out right now and I don't know why. I don't know. I haven't been on the website, but because it has three visitors. That's another, probably more than yo, they get. Yo, yo, another benefit. Another another uh, benefit. Maybe not a benefit. I don't know. It's it's kind of shaped like a boomerang. Maybe. Oh. oh just maybe. You're getting somewhere. I'm just saying. It might work as a boomerang, too. Well, we'd have to test that out, too. Absolutely. Preferably before I run it over with my car. Just uh, I think I think you should try it before and after, just that's to see. True. Just that's have a true. That's true. Yeah, a control. Well, well, according to their website, one of their frequently asked questions, alongside, is there a battery attachment? Don't know what for. Um, <laughs> it says. I feel uh, like it's pretty clear. Our testing indicates that over ninety-five percent of the commercially available bananas will fit into the banana guard. Wow. So now we gotta have, get a hundred. So we gotta find. We gotta find. We gotta find the five. Don't fit. We gotta find the five percent. We gotta find a. We gotta find a big enough banana that doesn't fit. We gotta find was, one of those five percent. I feel bananas. like that's got. I feel like every bunch has that one banana that's like, oh, this doesn't fit. I don't no, know. I don't. I don't buy bananas. I don't know what they look like. I don't I know propose, how big they are. I propose that we go to the supermarket. We buy a hundred bananas, and if more than five of them don't fit in the banana holder, we bring a lawsuit upon banana guard. False advertising. How much money do you think Exactly. <laughs> Certainly enough to buy the game and watch if we sue them. Oh. <laughs> now point. you're getting somewhere. Yeah. Alright, so... <laughs> so can the banana guard play ball is the question. Do you think the, the, the new game and watch is pretty small? Do you think it would fit in a banana guard? I don't think Maybe, maybe so. the battery powered one. Yeah, yeah, the battery-powered one, definitely. <laughs> the the extra, extra, the XXL banana guard uh, probably would fit a Game & Watch. Um, yeah, the XXL battery-powered Game & Watch 2.0. Yeah, 
You know, oh, no. if they make XXL these... battery-powered Banana Guard 2.0. Sorry, I misspoke. <laughs> banana Watch. Oh, you know what? That would be actually pretty cool if there was an attachment to the Banana Guard that had, like, not only the time, like, the current time, <laughs> uh, but also, like, uh, how but right it is. Also the time from an hour and, like, ago. <laughs> but, like, like, how much time is left before the banana goes bad. That could be cool. So you don't have to open it and check. You can just, like, oh, all right, I got two days. That's what the battery's for. But, it's, it powers exactly. a sensor. It powers a no. sensor that's in the guard. But, but you're I'm forgetting sorry. about the perforations. You could see the banana through the perforations. No, nah, the perforations are too small. The, the perforations yeah, are too small. The peel does all of this. It protects the banana. It doesn't it protect does. it that well, okay, Molly. Okay, okay, Molly, if I run over a banana with my car, what's going to happen to the banana? If you run over any fruit with a car, it's not exactly, going to go well. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. But if That's I run over the banana guard, it's fine. But how often are you running over your bananas? It's just now, in case, day. Molly. This is a precautionary subject. I mean, I... That, if you were thinking with that, hypothetically, you can run over anything with your car. So you need a, a like a guitar car. Oh, wait, no, that's an actual thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Case is a real thing. Go on. Like, what were you yeah, saying, keep going. Molly? <laughs> keep going, Molly. <laughs> that's a bad example. I'm looking at things around me. What else? A, a box for your lunch? No. <laughs> <laughs> but, okay, that was not a good example. So give us a good example. So, hypothetically, if I had a hat and I was like, oh, what if I run over hat this box. with my... <laughs> you don't have a hat box? No. Are you honestly going to sit there and tell me you don't have a hat box? Molly, I think this is a you problem, that you just don't have the protective gear required uh, for owning these delicate objects, such as bananas and hats. In order to protect my hat, I reuse my banana peels. That's what I do. That's what oh, I do. you Does just it wrap work? up your hat in, in old banana peels. Does it work? Yes, it does. Because not I, once I'm have gonna, I run over my hat with my car. I need photographic evidence of this. Yeah, yeah. Show, show me. Show me. No, I need video show evidence of you running over, running over a hat wrapped in banana peels and having those banana peels well, save the hat. When, when, when you run over the, ha the hat with the banana peels, it does one of those cartoony things. Oh, the, the car, car like upside slips. Down, so it doesn't actually go over the hat, which is what is the whole purpose. That doesn't happen with plastic. So it's a counterattack. Basically, it's a more of a, a offensive than a defensive, if that makes sense. So if we're looking at it that way, then the banana holder also protects our fellow human beings from slipping on exactly. any yes. banana See, peel. Molly, Thank you. I it's an equal downside. <laughs> but no, no. It... <laughs> this is a 3v1. You're not going to win this. I just think it's not, it's not, it doesn't. <laughs> If there's something already protecting the banana, you don't need further protection. It's just extra okay. money, and you're wasting $15. I, I keep saying Kingo. this. The peel is not good enough. The, the peel, peel is not just not good enough. I keep a, running over my bananas, lock. Molly. I keep running them over with my car, and then, and then I don't have a banana anymore. I need this. This is well, a necessity in my life. If, the car if doesn't I... make the banana disappear. It just makes it a little easier to chew. No, it just... <laughs> Wait, wait, run that There's bias no chewing one more time. <laughs> <laughs> if the car doesn't ruin your the bananas, bananas Molly, they're not right. Okay, okay. Molly, I need another video now. I need a video of you <laughs> running over a banana with a car and then eating that banana. And then stuffing it into your face. Yeah, that's what I need. <laughs> yeah, I need... <laughs> I need a video of Molly picking up a smush banana with that no she ran over with her car. And eating it. Yeah, yeah, that's gonna be great. <laughs> It'll be the next viral video on, like, TikTok or something. <laughs> Molly's gonna get the banana touch. <laughs> uh, now, also, it, uh, if they sell it in different sizes, like, A, um, you'll be able to store different size bananas, which would be great. But if they sell it in radically different sizes, you break your finger, boom, you have a cast. You break your arm, $15 Boom, you have cast. a cast. Yeah. Is it's it big enough for someone's arm, though? No, I but I can see be. the finger usage. No, 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 but, no, but, but, like, if you get a big enough banana guard and you kind of just, like, make a hole at one end, you can just kind of stick your arm in the whole thing. Yeah, I'm saying if they manufacture oh, a big enough smart. one. Yeah. I feel smart. like the, the uh, potential of the banana guard is just out of this world. There's Limitless, no limits. frankly. Yeah. Yeah. Possibly. And Molly's saying that it's unnecessary. 
just think it's unnecessary. Yeah, clearly. You know what? We'll leave this up to the view to the listeners to decide whether the banana guard is useful or not. Do, do we Tweet have us at, Do we have a platform that we can put a poll yeah, what's, up on? What's the What's the ICTV uh, news? Twitter? We can put a poll up on the ICTV news Instagram account. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, we will. Let us yeah. know if you agree with Molly or everyone else who's wrong. Oh, let us oh, know if you agree with the vast okay. majority or the one wrong person in this group. I, I think every reasonable person can agree the importance of a banana, banana guard. Sorry, I misspoke <laughs> there. Banana guard. Okay, well, let's leave it up to the listeners at this point. Um, do you want to introduce this week's comic review, Molly? I would love to and move on from the fact that you guys uh, are just wrong. Okay. Comic review. This week's comic review is of Dune House Atreides at Atreides, number one. Atreides, I said it right the first time. By Brian Herbert, J, Kevin J. Anderson, Dev Pramanik, and Alex Guimwerdes. It's provided by Comics for Collectors in Ithaca. Um, support for Game Over is provided by Comics for Collectors located at 124 West, Street, West State Street in downtown Ithaca. More information at comicsforcollectors.com and at Comics for Collectors on Facebook. So um, this week's is Dune House Atreides number one, and it's a comic based on Frank Herbert's Dune series, one of the most famous science fiction novels of all time, and it's actually a prequel to the first Dune book. Um, it was written by Brian Herbert, who is uh, the son of Frank Herbert, who wrote the original series, as well as Kevin J. Anderson, Dev Permanic, and Alex Guermares. And uh, do you guys want a summary, or you just want to go into it? Let's dive right in. I think okay. we might have to refer back to the summary just because I have never read or been exposed to any of the Dune, any, I know we were talking about it being a novel as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I have never been exposed to any of it, so I have no idea. This is my first experience with Dune as a whole, and let me wow. tell you, it was confusing. What a way I to start. Absolutely no clue what was going on. I've seen the new trailer for the one with Timothy Chalamet and Zendaya, um, but like, I I don't know. I've seen pictures of like Kyle MacLachlan in the old '80s one, and I heard it's like four hours long. Yeah. No, it's not, so, and that's okay. That's the thing. That's the problem. Here's a hot take. Uh, oh David boy. Lynch's Dune isn't necessarily bad. It's just incredible. It's like it was two and a half hours, and they for like a lot of it. Um, and also, he lynchified it, which a lot of people uh, found uh, weird, because David Lynch is a very strange man. I mean, I love David Lynch, and I'd probably enjoy it if I watched it. I just haven't... I'm not a huge science fiction person. Like, I like goofy science fiction when it's, like, uh, Fifth Element or, like, the that Super Mario Brothers movie they made. Like, I'm totally down with that. But when you start getting into science fiction, like, planet politics, I'm like, I... You lost me. Yeah, d- the original Dune is very much like uh, a Lord of the Rings for the sci-fi genre. Um, it's, it's you know, it's a monolith, basically. Um, and, like, me personally, I've only read the first book. I haven't read any of the other books. I've heard they're meh to eh. Um, so, I <laughs> uh, probably won't get around to reading them. But, uh, yeah, I thought this comic was really interesting, um, specifically because, like, uh, Dune has, obviously, like, 10,000 years of history behind it, um, because, like, the first book starts out in the year 10,091, I believe it is, um, and so, like, uh, obviously a lot, I feel like a lot of science fiction fantasy kind of drops you into the world, and the past isn't necessarily, um, I wouldn't say not relevant, but it's not necessarily, like, incredibly important, um, it's just kind of things that happened in the past, um, and that's definitely not true for Dune, because, like, the first, uh, like, hundred pages, you're basically getting caught up on this world, and it is, like, expansive, it is huge, um, 
and it takes like a hundred pages to like actually start to understand and uh, this comic was fascinating because they tried to do that in 12 pages uh, and I, I do not blame you guys for being confused. They throw a lot of names and a lot of, like, ideas at you in 12 pages. So, so just to be clear, this is, this is the first issue, correct? So there's yes. no, there's no, there's nothing before what we just read. No. All right, yeah. So, again, I am in the same boat as, uh, my other, uh, podcast mates here in that I have never read anything having to do with Dune. I have seen the trailer for the new movie, and that is it. Um, this is also the second time, yeah, second, I thought maybe the first, but second time I've ever actually read a comic. So, this was an experience for me. Um, yeah, I was also very confused. I did like the, uh, the, the part with the, uh, bull, though. That was cool. I'll say that. Yeah, that, I like that, that, that one cool. shot where it was of uh, one person and their face lined up with the other person. Didn't know who those people were, but I thought it was cool. Yeah. Uh, I, I, you go. Okay. Once I uh, start, I, I'm just going to keep going. <laughs> okay. I was going to reference something you said anyway, um, but with the whole, like, hundred pages of building up, it reminds me of a novel that I've been trying to read for I don't even know how long anymore. Um it is another science fiction novel about the uh, sea animals fighting back against the humans, um, but it's told from the perspective of a scientist, a marine biologist for that matter. So the first 200 or so pages of the book is very thick, thick with like three C's attached to it. Oh, wow. Um, and the first at least 200 pages is all a bunch of scientific jargon, marine biology jargon, that the book is trying to teach you. And I don't know if Dune is the same way with name dropping like that, but whenever that happens to me, it tends to steer me away from reading that genre in general, just because I like a story where I can just read it and understand it instead of building. It it's kind of like that. I think I mean there there is, no, it is kind of like that. But um, in the original book, at least, uh, it's much more focused on the characters and uh, their thoughts and feelings. And um, this was kind of, uh, from my understanding, this was kind of a landmark for the genre and for s- speculative fiction in general, where um, like it has a very omniscient narrator and. Uh, Throughout the book, we hear the thoughts of every single character, basically, who, uh, who are all in the same room. And so um, there will be these conversations where, like, four or five people will all be talking and we'll get the, like, internal monologues of every single one. And so uh, th- there is that kind of sense of catching up, but it's always in the context of, like, character building and um, not necessary like understanding the world is secondary to understanding the characters and i feel like uh for me personally with this comic uh i mean this didn't feel like dune to me uh this felt very much like a pretty cliche not kind of cliche kind of like just a classic sci-fi uh story that is inspired by dune um that uh, like, since we don't, we get some of the politics, but we don't get nearly as much internal dialogue as we should, and the, the few, uh, internal thoughts we get are usually just stating the obvious, which I feel like, for me personally, is a huge plague in comics. I hate, I hate when comics do that. Um, like, when a, a character, like, when you see the character going, oh, and then the internal monologue says, oh, I made him angry. Like, yes, thanks, (laughs) I know. (laughs) So, I don't know, it was, it was interesting, but, I don't know, personally it fell short for me. Some, for something I'd like to uh, bring up, like, and it just kind of isn't specific to Dune, but just things in general. Um, this, is, this is a prequel, so, like, this is technically, like, obviously Dune is the main story. Um, but, like, if you're coming at this from, like, a... Uh, you haven't read anything like most of us in here. And that is the first thing you read. I feel like you should be able to get 
like you should be able to follow it easier you know um it's just begs the question like with all different types of media is like is watching a prequel first or reading a prequel first like okay is that something you can do and i i feel like that's something you should be able to do but this this example didn't really help with that yeah i feel I like it this oh sorry you um, them oh thanks so like i feel like this sort of wasn't necessarily based on people who've never read dune before like i think they knew that some people were just going to pick this up um because they had that that little blurb at the beginning on like what uh spice was and what necessarily dune was itself but like i feel like most of this was for people who have seen dune who are fans of dune and who want to expand the universe or um, get a visual interpretation of what that universe could be and i felt like a lot of this especially with like the characters and stuff and just the way they introduced introduced characters felt like a sort of like nudge nudge wink wink like oh you remember him from the book like that's his dad and i'm like i don't know who that is so the fact that that's his dad i don't know the significance of that um so I guess because I don't know the significance of what happened to Dune, I was just really, really freaking lost, like, the entire time. Like, I just didn't understand what the significance of what Spice was or why he was fighting a giant bull. Um, he said he was, like, a duke. I'm like, I thought he was a king. I was just really confused, especially with, like, the changing of scenes. I didn't know if they were on different planets or, like, how those planets connected. So I think if I had that background of uh, who these people were, I would have definitely enjoyed this a lot more. Um, but Oh, and another thing, oh. uh, I don't mean to steal the conversation, but um, just to compare it to the original book, like, the, the first hundred pages, as I said, can get kind of confusing, but also with the, uh, it's mostly confusing in the world building, um, but as far as the politics are concerned, um, pretty much the entire story is set up within the first, like, 30 pages um, because of all this internal monologuing and stuff. Uh, we know, we understand what everyone is planning, um, how they think it's going to turn out, what their contingencies are, basically. Like, literally the entire plot is told to us um, very early on, and so, like, when, every, when all the dominoes start falling, um, like, you can actually follow it, and, like, but with this, since we partially since we don't get the internal stuff and also just because of how short it is, we don't get, uh, we don't understand what the end game is supposed to be for these characters. We don't know why these political machinations are happening. We don't know, um, like, it, it's just very muddied as far as the um, politics are concerned. So even I was confused and I knew who most of these characters were. Well, that makes me feel better about not understanding it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> same here. Just to reverse a little bit to Drew's question, I think it really depends on the media you're looking at. Generally, a prequel is released after the original series, so it's almost assumed that everyone would already have read, watched, whatever um, before then. So, uh, but I do think that there are also some prequels that you could just read and they're very standalone, um, especially <clears throat> like, uh, within books. Like uh, yeah. the Star Wars prequels. Exactly. I, I was just going to get that, into that's that. That's exactly what like, I was thinking. Say the very want. first movie I saw of Star Wars was Phantom Menace. And that, didn't, that didn't inhibit my, like, like, I was able to fully understand what was going on. You know, and I feel like we just didn't get that from this comic, um, and I, I I don't know. I feel like watching a wa watching or reading a prequel after after reading or watching the um, original material should enhance the experience, but it shouldn't be the thing that like the main contribution to making the experience good. Hundred percent, yeah. Yeah, prequels should definitely, I don't know, they, I have nothing else to add. <laughs> prequels should stand on their own. Um, yeah, I agree. Because I feel like it alienates a whole population of people who are coming in. Like, oh, I don't know why the first thing that popped into my head was Nomeo and Juliet. Like, <laughs> I don't know why that was the thing. Like, I don't even 
think I was Relevance, about Sherlock Gnomes, which was like a prequel, sequel, I don't even know, that was like a spin-off of Nomeo and Juliet. <laughs> but like people going into that theater don't necessarily need to see Nomeo and Juliet to understand what's going on. They just need to know that Sherlock Holmes is now a garden gnome. And like <laughs> such a weird I really like where this conversation <laughs> went. Such a weird analogy. But like I, I I definitely agree. You should be able to go into a theater and just sort of like like better example, still weird and obscure. Not really obscure, but like Despicable Me. When you go in to watch the origin story of Gru, you don't necessarily need to know what he does in the future. You just need to know he's a little a little man who's evil and voiced by Steve Carell and like that's how the story progressed, but that's also children's media, so it's like a whole different boat but um like Corey was saying just like a hundred pages of exposition on just learning um I think that background is important and you can't really get that especially in a comic format that's like 12 pages or I don't know like 24 or something like that like you just can't get that expositional stuff so coming in with that understanding I think is almost necessary in this um since it's just such a condensed format for such a uh expansive media that yeah although uh, i will say one thing uh in the comics defense um i feel like with a lot of prequels i'm gonna mention okay solo um the 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 stupid han solo prequel is like i would argue is a terrible prequel because it uh only acts as a standalone uh and it uses like the the doesn't the point i'm trying to get is um like, during the action scene specifically, Han Solo and Chewie find themselves in mortal peril. Which doesn't make any sense, logically, because uh, if you're watching this as someone who saw the originals, you know that he survives everything in this movie. So, uh, I feel like a lot of prequels, a lot of writers um, will treat it as if it's just, uh, like, just a standalone story with lots of references to the original without under without um i don't want to say fatalism but including that aspect of like fate you know and i think that uh this comic at least sets up that idea of inevitability um that this young uh for instance this young leto is going to inherit uh the house of trades that uh uh the uh this prince shaddam the 4th is going to become the emperor um, and it's just a question of how he does it. And it's not simply just like, these are characters and here are some references kind of thing, you know? Yeah. So I appreciate yeah, that fair. aspect to it. But that's also, fair. I can only appreciate that because I've read the original book, so. Yeah. yeah. I feel like what you're making makes sense with, like, Solo, like, compared to Rogue One, where it's a bunch of characters we don't know if they survive or not. And it's like, you have that ability to have the fatal... Uh, like events or things like that where it's like they're in trouble like you don't know what's going to happen i feel like that's like that's less of a i guess it's a prequel because it ties in but it also just stands alone like you don't need that understanding of how important it is that's it, it's just sort of evident in what they're going through so like i don't know yeah that's also part of what i think makes the star wars fandom so popular is that many people can start virtually wherever they want and have some sort of understanding of the world no matter what yeah. movie they're watching yeah um whatever they're reading that type of thing um it's all about the versatility really and the understanding that the reader is able to get or watcher listener yeah uh, right. opinion, opinion question yeah kind of unrelated but do you guys feel worse for people who start with phantom menace or worse for people who start with force awakens well, I had to, when I saw Force Awakens, um, I got yelled at by somebody in concessions because my sister had never seen a Star Wars movie before she saw uh, Force Awakens. And I had you. to sort of give a rough outline of what the plot was for all of the Star Wars movies leading up until that. And the person in front of me got mad. And they're like, you can't just do that with Star Wars. People have to see Star Wars. I'm like, I just want it to make sense for her. And like, it's, I think... Phantom Menace versus Force Awakens, I liked the sequels. I genuinely did. I liked Force Awakens not as much. I liked Last Jedi more than I liked Force Awakens. But that people always get mad at me when I say that. Many hours later. Okay, we've gotten a little bit far off topic. Like, way That's, far yeah. off. Um, let's <laughs> move fair. on here because we have to save some of this content. I bet oh, all of our listeners don't want to hear one. ramblings about Star Wars for a million hours. <laughs> 
Um, this week's Untitled. Untitled. For everyone who is either new to the podcast or doesn't know, I will review what Untitled is. It is a segment here on the show where someone who has no background in video games describes uh, what they think the story would be for a video game title. So this week's title is Michigan Report from Hell. Drew, you've never played this game. Do you want to tell us what you think it's about? Yeah, sure. So again, yeah, I have never played this video game. I don't play a lot of video games. I mainly play the sports video games, which I know is kind of lame, but you know, it is what it is. Um, And I have not given this any thought. So Michigan, Report from Hell. I was kind of, I was kind of sad. I was hoping it'd be Ohio because I think Ohio makes for a better, funnier state, especially associating it with hell. But Michigan report from hell. Basically, this is this is what I'm getting. Basically, our protagonist, you know, the the our character that we play as, his his name is Jared, um, and um, and he works at a uh, law firm, and. Um, Basically, you know, I gotta incorporate hell into this, and I'm 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 trying to figure out if if it's like actual hell, like the thing down down below, or if it's just like a really bad situation. I think it's actual hell. I think it's something to do with Satan. I think that uh, I think that Satan comes in right right, and, and Satan's doing all these uh, bad bad stuff for the law firm, right? And uh, and Jared Jared has to deal with it. And so Jared goes on an adventure. If we're going to keep going, uh, I like the sort of, like, bureaucratical route you went for. Like, yeah. the, the law firm. That's, that's, I would I mean, play it. I mean, I, I just got, I just got report. I don't know where I got Jared from. <laughs> but I think it, it works. It seems like a lawyer kind of name. Yeah. Or like a clerk in a law firm. That works, too. Uh, yeah, I didn't, I didn't specify what his job is, you know. Uh, you uh, kind of just cut off there for a second a little bit a while ago. Do you want to continue? I, I'm kind of curious to see where you think this game is going to go. Okay, so I think I think that Jared is going to travel down below. I think I think he's going to he's going to have to I I don't know a lot about, you know, the underworld and that sort of thing. But I think he's going to have to find the entrance to uh, this place and go down and, and stop the, the, the big guy himself. I, I think he, he's, he's, he's going to travel down below. I think, I think he's going he's gonna to have to... I, I don't know a lot about you know, the underworld and that sort of thing. But I think he's going to have to find the entrance to... Uh, this place and go down and, and stop the, the the big guy himself. I, I think he, he's he's and there's gonna be different adventures, at, at, like different, um, you know, s- side quests above ground and then even more stuff once he gets underneath. And it's just kind of like working his way down to the boss fight. That's that's my prediction. And there's gonna there's gonna be some like random. Um, maybe, maybe there's some like random mini games that you can do inside the law firm that's like have no story relevance, but like it's very boring but very fun. And I know that's extremely contradictory, but I, I, I think they could make it work. So, like, would these uh levels would they take place in like Michigan, uh, like themed areas? I don't know how much of a theme Michigan can. Yeah, be. you haven't mentioned much about Michigan. That's yeah, that, that was Michigan kind of I, what I was wow. most interested in. Yeah, true. Um, I don't know much about the state of Michigan. Again, if this was Ohio, I could nail this. But, <laughs> um, so uh, let's see. What what, what are some of the uh, places in Michigan? You got you got the big lake. I don't know which one, but that there's would be an underwater one of the big level, lakes. right? Yeah, the, yeah. Um, maybe maybe that's like the the middle point between the land and the and the and the underworld. You know, the you have an underwater level, and then you're you're way underneath. Um, Flint, Flint and Detroit. Uh, you could you could have some have some levels there. Um, Topical, okay. <laughs> okay, it's a little dark. 
I, I just, I'm just naming places in Michigan. All right, I don't know much about Michigan. Uh, all right, you know, I, I will look up, I will look up counties in Michigan. You know, and we're we're gonna we're gonna figure figure out. That's the... our segment, folks. Naming <laughs> counties in Michigan. All right, let's start well, in alphabetical order. There's Ann Arbor where Michigan University, Mich- Michigan. U- I don't know which one. It, you you where, play a football way. game. That's one of the levels. <laughs> I think Ann Arbor might just be a city, though. I could be wrong. We got Kent, Michigan. Um, you meet a character named Kent. Yeah, yeah, nope, and, and, and he's, he's like symbolic because you know what? You know what? Michigan that's it. That's time. it. That's it. There's there's a character. There's a character for each county in Michigan, and 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 some of them are good characters that help you, and some of them are bad characters that you got to fight. And, so it's uh, a more it's a more symbolic kind of title, Michigan. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. That's 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 totally what I was getting at. And yeah. <laughs> Does anyone know what this game is actually about, or should I? Can I, I also in? make a guess? Yeah, I, I also sure. guess go what for I it. it was. Um, sure. So my, be I, I, I might have, uh, actually, let someone else go. I might have seen footage from it. Okay, so my thought was that it's a sequel to Detroit Become Human. Where it's like, but it takes place in Michigan. And, and David like, Cage's Inferno. Yeah, it's like, and so it just sort of is basically just that game. It's a very choice-based game, um, very uh, anatomically, like visually, very uh, accurate to photorealistic. But instead of like androids and robots, it's demons and. Um, well, it could still be like a sort of like offshoot of Detroit Become Human. It's one of the androids. So Detroit Become Human is a game where it's um, it's sort of like in the future, and uh, androids sort of work alongside humanity. But there are these things um, called deviants, where it's androids that sort of have developed human emotions and um, their own like thought processes and something. It's a really good game. I highly recommend it. But there are some like things within it that are interesting. But um, like. I was thinking you could do like a, a, a spin-off of that game, but you could stick with the bureaucratical thing of being in like a law firm, but you're just like an android who just works in a law firm. But he has a really hard report that he has to do. His name is also Jared. It's like Jared2500. And Jared2500 from two, Jared is an android that has to report for the law firm. So like it's a mix of both of those games. That's my thought. Interesting. Do you have any? You mentioned you had some thoughts, Corey. Uh, yeah. I mean, I I just looked it up, and I did see the Game Grumps Let's Play uh, of this game. Uh, so I do know what it is. <laughs> I have heard of it. So I would just be telling you what what the game actually is, and that's not fun. Although I could <laughs> tell you what the game is. If <laughs> I mean, I'm excited to find out the truth. Is the main so, character Jared? Uh, main character is not no. Jared, unfortunately. <sighs> So uh, I'm sorry, Drew. Uh, basically, uh, report as a news report. Uh, oh. So, oh. yeah. So it's a survival horror game um, where you're a camera crew going for, like, s- chasing down a story, basically, in Michigan. Um, and you you run from ghosts. And, yeah. That's it. That's the game. It's apparently really bad. <laughs> Do you want to hear a, uh, well, a, I'm gonna a play synopsis it. of it? A real synopsis? Wait, what year did it come out? Do we know? It came out in 2005 and was never released in North America, interestingly enough. Oh, um, where Michigan yeah. is. Okay, that's interesting. Interesting choice on their part. Yeah, so according to our favorite Wikipedia, mm. um, it says, In Michigan, players take the role of a rookie cameraman for Zaka TV, the entertainment division of the powerful Zaka conglomerate. Accompanied by Briscoe, an outspoken sound engineer, and Pamela, a reporter, the player is sent to investigate a mysterious mist that has descended over the city. The player quickly discovers that the mist is somehow transforming people into fleshy, leech-like monsters with human limbs. Pamela is attacked by the creatures and later found in the process of transforming into one. The player Briscoe and a new female reporter are sent to investigate the source of the monster outbreak. 
I like the concept, it's probably the execution where they went a little bit awry. Execution's a little off from what I've seen. <laughs> oh. like, this was 2005, is that like PlayStation 2? Yeah, it, it, PlayStation 2, exactly. Oh, wow. So I'm, I'm seeing a bunch of polygons, like original Tomb Raider polygon-esque things running around a very gray area. It's, I feel like it's probably going to be like Silent Hill, but in Michigan. So that already takes it down a couple notches. So obviously it's a masterpiece is what we're getting at. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, personally, I'm probably going to skip this one. I mean, technically I already did. We all did. Yeah. The entirety of North America did. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I feel like I'd play Drew's more. Drew's sounds more interesting. That sounds like a lot it of really fun. Does. I, I appreciate that. it. I appreciate it. You got an underwater level. You get to play football. There's a bunch of weird uh, legislative video games. If like there could be a mini games. game of just filing reports, I'm sold. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you have to transcribe a court hearing. Like That sounds like a blast. One of the collectibles is a uh, banana guard as a weapon. Ah, bring it up full circle. Oh. <laughs> Good job. The mini, game, mini games is ball, too. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> I definitely didn't just leave a review for uh, for Michigan Report from Hell to say that they should have named the protagonist Jared. But, um, you know, I Why definitely Jared, did not though? just do that. Um, let's see. Can I come up with a reason on the spot? No, I can't. So uh, <laughs> we're going to go with uh, because. Well, let's see what the name Jared means. It means descent. Ooh. Like the underworld. That's pretty good. That was pretty good. That's exactly what I was thinking of. That's 100% it. See, yeah. we're here playing checkers. Drew is on 5D chess. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Well, on that high note, I think that has been the Game Over podcast, our seventh episode. Does anyone have any final words they would like to say before we um, yeah, close uh, it Yeah, we didn't talk about Shrek too much Yeah, too, I was just uh, about to time, say that. Which I was really bummed about, but uh, we could definitely talk about it more next time. Um, it would be really great. Uh, but, yeah, besides that, I mean, like, Shrek 2 is obviously the best Shrek Although a case no could question. be made for Shrek Forever After. Um, I disagree. I disagree. Uh, that depends on, on taste. Uh, but anyway, that's, that's it for me. <laughs> no. Okay, well, does anyone want to do a fun sign-off? Are we singing a song um, or something? Molly, why don't you sing a song? I think Let's you got this. Oh, I regret sing a so immediately sing, opening my sing mouth. Sing a song <laughs> about the uh, unimportance of Banana Guard. Let's hear it. Banana guard, banana guard. It already has a peel, so it's unnecessary. Good night, everybody. Good night. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. <laughs>